And we're live, and welcome to another episode of Crafted Podcast. I'm James Wright, and I'm also here with Zach Herberholst. Hey! And we have uh, one new host with us, and we're not going to tell you his name, but I'll let you say hi. Hello. <laughs> so here's here's what we're going to do. We're going to play a little bit. We're going to play a little game. Uh, if you guys are all caught up, you heard in the last episode that we're going to be introducing a new host who um, has been a guest on our show in the past. So we're going to ask him some questions and uh, we're not going to tell you who he is until somebody in the live chat mentions his name and then the secret's out. So I guess we can uh, uh, jump right in. Um, let's let's start quizzing this guy. So how'd you get started? Uh, well, I grew up building houses with my dad, uh, and then I became, (laughs) that did not take long. (laughs) Apparently you have a, apparently you have a unique voice, William Walker. Uh, that was, I did not quite expect that. Wow. I didn't even get to finish my, Uh, you, (laughs) my background. (laughs) Yeah, no. All right. You're done now, man. All right. Anyway, (laughs) well, no more questions for this guy. Glad to be here. We're going to, we're, yeah. So everybody, welcome aboard William Walker. Um, he is one of my, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't get to watch near as much YouTube as I would like to. Um, I used to, when I was, when I was working a full-time job and I spent, uh, you know, most of my life hating my life, working 50 hours a week, I watched a lot of YouTube and lived vicariously through a lot of these people. And, um, I don't get to watch a lot, but William Walker is definitely one of my favorites. Uh, his, if you're not familiar with his content, definitely check out his videos. They are, they're the complete opposite of mine. Mine are really rough, dirty, sped up and amateur, <laughs> I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, William's work, he's a photographer, so, um, he knows very how to Very silky work. smooth, nice and clean videos. Yeah. Just very, yeah, and very if clean. You, uh, if you didn't know, Actually, when we first started the the podcast, um, William almost became the the third person to host it. Um, it was between him and me, but I apparently responded faster, <laughs> so I got the job. Yeah, so Johnny and I, uh, we got in contact a while ago, and I, I kicked around the idea of starting up a podcast, and uh, we were looking for looking for hosts, and um, yeah, it was a. Uh, William Walker and uh, James Wright. So uh, James just he just got on it a little bit quicker. So um, yeah, that's that's kind of the story unfolding there. So I got my second but, chance uh, finally. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. We're gonna miss Johnny. I wanted to just talk about. I was I was thinking about it earlier, and I I truly think that. Um, I mean, we're going to have him back on the show as a guest. His his life is changing uh, significantly. Like I said, if you'd listen to the last podcast, he's got got a new human on the way so that's gonna change things up for him but uh i mean when i got started you know i started out just doing i learned a lot of metal fabrication and stuff when i went to college you know in about 2003 2004 for automotive science and uh, started doing some some custom work on a motorcycle watching some welding videos then i was introduced to jimmy deresta and uh, i owe most of my success to him because until up until that point I never thought about like, oh, maybe I can do furniture because that, you know, that's a lot easier to sell than than um, art than art. So that's that's kind of what got me into it was Jimmy. And uh, I'll talk about Fabtech, but I just got done spending spending a couple of days with all my favorite people up in uh, Chicago for the Fabtech event. But I just want to talk about Johnny, man, that guy. I owe I owe a lot of my success to Johnny Brooke. you know, we started out around the same time and we we've grown together as a channel. And as far as somebody who really has their head together in the, the business and marketing end of, of, um, YouTube, I, I think he is, he's the best out there as far as, as far as marketing. And, uh, really, he really helped get me in front of a lot of, uh, the companies that I'm working for. I wouldn't have been at Fabtech in Chicago if it weren't for Johnny Brooks. So, that's kind of my little um, farewell and thank you to Johnny. And uh, like I said, he's he's not going to be a stranger. He'll be back in the podcast, uh, I'm sure, occasionally. So um, I'm not sure where to jump cool. off from here. Well, we should ask let's William uh, about his kind William. Of why don't you tell us about your background? What uh, what kind of woodworking you do? How'd you get started? And uh, yeah. what is your channel all about? So, uh, like I would 
started to say before they guessed me uh, right away. Uh, so I started building, I, I built houses with my dad growing up. He's a contractor. And um, so I learned a lot about the trades uh, as a 14 year old boy. Uh, then uh, simultaneously, Working I for started. Kevin Spacey. <laughs> uh, simultaneously, I started. Uh, getting into photography and I started shooting weddings with my photography teacher in high school, went on to art school, became a professional photographer and kind of left the, the construction behind. And then uh, with my photography, I wanted to start offering uh, picture frames to my clients. And so I reached back out to uh, a friend of my dad's who is a cabinet maker and said, hey, could you kind of show me the ropes? And he said, sure. And I started making picture frames. And then that just kind of snowballed as this craft does. Uh, and I started getting into more and more advanced joinery and projects. And my uh, my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, uh, asked me if I could make you know a wine rack. And I said, sure, yeah. And uh, I started making that. And then started building things for local clients and thought, Hey, like, well, why don't I video some of this to kind of create a local buzz? And I put a video up on YouTube and it just kind of, you know, grew from there. I had people in the, the UK and Brazil commenting on my videos and it became a more global thing. So I just kind of kept rolling with it. Yeah. Your desk behind you. That's actually the, the first video you put out where I found you. Oh, wow. Cool. Uh, that was, that was kind build. of a, a fun one. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not um, I'm not typically one for that's kind of what's strange is I'm usually not one for like the more artistic style videos, but uh, uh, yours are yours are definitely an exception. I remember I think it was the was it like the shoe? I can't. It's been a long time since I seen the video, but uh, didn't you do one that had like a shoe slot or something in it? Yeah, the shoe dresser. I just remember the the music. Yeah, Chopin. Yeah, I remember the music and like you had a shot of the. Yeah, and you had a uh, you had a shot of like the stars that was just it was just a such a, a well crafted video that uh, that really that one really stuck out to me. But but they're all great. That and of course the uh, the slow mo uh, golf cart. I can't remember what's, you know what I'm talking about. It had the uh, yeah the, the uh, joiner's music, mallet to the, the uh, gourds uh, cover of gin and juice. Yes, yes, those are those are my two of my favorites so like i said if you guys aren't familiar with william walker definitely go check out his channel so let me say we uh, jump into what's new what are we working on uh zach you want to take us off yeah so as always this has been a crazy week that's like my my catch line um <laughs> so it it really has though uh it's it's been fantastic though last i don't even remember it's all seriously been a blur i think it was sunday because we had I'm on the East Coast time zone. We had the we had the uh, daylight savings time shift. Then I flew west to Chicago for the FabTech event, which was so much fun. I feel like this this is definitely the best community um, I've ever been involved with. It's you know none of us are in competition. Uh, the more people, you know, we're all on the same platform. So the more people somebody brings to YouTube, the better it is for all of us. If somebody somebody watches my videos, they're going to watch, you know, Will's videos, they're going to watch James. It's just a giant community and we're all, we're all in it together on the same side. So it's, it's a lot different from the other industries that I've worked in where people keep secrets and, you know, try and are kind of out for themselves. So, but uh, this weekend I got to, let's uh, see, so we got to Chicago on Sunday night and did, uh, this was on behalf of Lincoln Electric for FabTech, which is like, the world's biggest uh, metal, mostly metal fabrication event. And this expo center, I think it's the McCormick Center is what it's called, is the biggest enclosed space I think I've ever been to. I guess the floor was about, somebody said, just to visualize it, it's a little over three football fields by three football fields. And, and that was have, just for Fabtech. They had two other conventions in this center. Yeah, I was going to say, they time. have three other floors the same size. It was, it's Whoa. just... I mean, I got lost. Like I went to the bathroom and it took me like 45 minutes to find the booth that I was working at afterwards. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it was incredible, but it's always great. So I got to, you know, I got to work aside. Uh, Jimmy Duresta was there, of course. Uh, Johnny Brooke, you guys know who he is. <laughs> um, 
John Malecki, uh, Doug from RetroWeld, April Wilkerson. Uh, it was just such a good time. Uh, it was it was really incredible. It's always great to hang out with these people, and I feel like every time every time there's a gathering, it just gets better and better and better. So that was just a lot of fun. I uh, learned a lot, and just getting to getting to kind of spend time together was was really great. So, um, I'll, I think everybody's videos are going to be coming out in probably the next week for that. There are some really neat builds. Uh, Jimmy Duresta built yeah. a uh, uh, plasma cutout. So kind of the, the idea was that we were all going to do a live, that we all did a live build there that utilized the uh, plasma cutter. So Jimmy had a table that blew my mind because he seriously welded this thing together in about 20 minutes and it's, and it's pretty cool. So uh, that's neat. April Wilkerson made a grenade stool and I'm sure her video will be out on, on her uh, site very soon. It is one of the coolest things I've seen. So I'm sure you guys are get a kick out of that. Um, John Malecki built a, a neat chair. Everybody built a nice, nice, cool thing. Now that um, C-clamp bench though. That was phenomenal. Yeah. I built a, a big C-clamp bench. So that I'm hoping to have that video out this weekend, but, um, that was, that was fun. I put a lot of work into that and, and, uh, got a lot of attention, uh, a lot of reshares by different companies there. So, I feel pretty validated on that one. <laughs> so I, I liked it on Instagram. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I have a few pictures of that on Instagram. So if you guys are curious, yeah, check out my Instagram. Um, so you've been doing some other stuff too. I've been doing a lot of leather work. Um, people watching the video, like I made this journal. I've been doing some wallets, um, all sorts of stuff. I am currently just working on a bunch of templates and, uh, seeing where it goes, but I, I have some ideas. I'm kind of learning leather working in its own right at the moment. And when I get the, uh, the confidence there, I'm going to start incorporating it into furniture builds, but I'm probably going to do some leather working videos. It's, it's kind of expensive to get into, but it's actually once, once you have the tools, it's, it's, um, you know, sustaining that really isn't much. It's just kind of a lot of money up front. A lot of tools, but once you get moving, it's really not that expensive to keep going. But it is time consuming. That's yeah, that's the catch. I mean, even those little um, these little wallets that I'm making, you know, they take me these little card holders. They take me about an hour each to make. So that's you know, that's kind of the biggest resource is time. Do you do any of the leather carving, surface carving? Um, I have. Uh, I don't have any here on my chaotic desk, but. Um, yeah, I have. I I ordered the uh, when I first started getting into it. I just ordered like the intro to leather working kit, pretty much is what it amounted to, and just kind of acquainted myself with carving and stitching and a little bit of everything. I really actually enjoy the carving. I just haven't found uh, tactful patterns that I want to include in my work. Um, most of the stuff that you see out there when you get started is all that super highly intricate Western style uh, tooling, which is really cool, but it's kind of out of touch. It's kind of out of date. I feel like with yeah. modern times, I really enjoy doing it, but I feel like I have to, I have to figure out some other more subtle ways to work um, tooling and carving into it, but it's so much fun. I mean, if you guys are looking for something that you can do when you're done in the shop, if you're antsy and you just feel like creating something, I highly recommend it. Cause it's, it's a ton of fun. So do you follow cool. uh, American well, made upgrades on Instagram? I do not check. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's a her, uh, check her out, maybe him. Uh, yeah. but she does a lot, a lot of leather work and like, like fender pick guards and stuff like that at a leather. Oh, cool. Yeah. So yeah, maybe some inspiration there. Yeah. Cool. We got uh, master of none in the chat who, who has uh, lent us all a helping hand at the uh, FabTech event. So he shot a lot of video that I'm, it was, it was a little tricky there because there were so many people around and it was kind of tight quarters. So I didn't get to record as much there as I would like to have, but fortunately uh, master of none got some good footage that footage that I'll probably incorporate into my build video that I'm shooting to have out this Saturday. Sweet. So looking right forward on. to seeing that one. Thanks. Will, you got uh, what's going on with you? Oh, I'll steal Zach's line. Uh, this week was crazy. Um, <laughs> I have been kind of all over the place and overwhelmed by life. Uh, but I just put out a video yesterday 
uh, of a it's like a bathroom countertop hair care product caddy organizer thing for my wife because um, I was organizing the house and cleaning the house and just her hair care stuff was all over the counter and it was just kind of all cluttered and I was like well I'll run down to the shop and um, I had a piece of slightly curly cherry uh, and some curly maple that I made this little Japanese inspired stand um, I've also got a step stool on my bench right now that I'm making for my sister's birthday um, I made her one some years back out of ponderosa pine and that one broke um you know so an testament <laughs> to my my craftsmanship uh so i'm building this one uh, with a poplar base and uh walnut treads and the poplar base is painted white so it's white with uh, black walnut treads and i'm Sweet. about to start on a very shallow uh wall cabinet with uh, box jointed corners uh book matched cherry mission style panel doors um and i'm building that for the company toolstoday.com which make amana bits um so i'm producing it for them they're gonna have it on their website and uh i really gotta get started on that and it's gonna go in my bathroom kind of like a medicine cabinet um mm -hmm. and i'm just trying to figure out the i'm gonna do the back panel to allow for wood movement but also to have a mounting uh, somewhere to mount the cabinet to the wall without screwing up the box jointed corners. So if you guys have any ideas. Well, awesome. I mean, I feel like the whole, fr the whole French cleat yeah. thing is kind of a ubiquitous um, method that yeah. <laughs> seems like it's hard to get away from, but it's so effective. That's, that's my first thought, but uh, yeah, I think it's, I don't want it's going to be really neat having, go ahead. Oh, uh, just because it's so shallow, it's only going to be three and a half inches deep. I don't want to steal away from the mm -hmm. oh, capacity of I the see. cabinet. Well, there's always um, metal fringe cleats that really only take up about a quarter inch. You can get those for like uh, shelving hangers. Yeah, they could you Z clips. Z -clip, yeah, could you Z track? Could you could you do like a rabbit in the back panel and actually set it in slightly deeper than the panel itself? So that, so that the, and then do the French cleat in that area so that the shelf, if you look at it from the side, the frame would actually be sitting right against the wall, but the panel on the inside could be recessed a little bit deeper to allow room for the French cleat so that looking at it, it would butt flush with the wall, but it would actually on the inside, the panel would maybe be inset, maybe like a quarter of an inch or, or however much room you'd need for a French cleat. Yeah. My current solution Possibly. My current solution is to uh, make a groove in the panels, um, probably about a quarter inch wide, uh, and then do the floating back panel, but make it like quarter inch out of solid wood. Um, and I think because it's going to be such a small cabinet that that should, and then just drive some cabinet mounting screws through that into some studs in the wall. I think I think that'll hold yeah. just fine. It'll be interesting to see how you how you tackle the problem. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be another thing is uh, so so um, Williams kind of I feel like he really bridges the gap right in between uh, myself and uh, James because he, I mean he actually does he does a little bit more hand tool stuff than Johnny did so I mean I've seen some of your your dovetails and not that Johnny doesn't do those but he uh, Johnny is a very efficient power tool woodworker and you kind of bridge that gap but you also do have some welding projects and stuff plus so. all the grizzly tools yeah absolutely uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah they they help um yeah i'm a, i'm very uh pragmatic in my work where if a power tool will do the job quicker more efficiently and just as good i'll use that to to not waste time um at the same time, I'll easily grab a handsaw uh, if it's going to be quicker than setting up a you know jig on a table saw and yada yada yada. If I just have to make a few cuts, um, and I'm I'm really into the hand planes, uh, grabbing those, taking the tool to the work rather than the work to the tool. So, uh, I yeah, like that big. Uh, I don't know if you if either of you guys saw it, but I made a big book matched live edge cherry dining table with a uh, welded metal base 
and they were so big and heavy and unwieldy, I couldn't pass them over my jointer without, <laughs> uh, you know, fumbling around with them. So then I reached for my mm-hmm. four plane, my number six, uh, and jointed the edges that way, and that that really worked well. Yeah, if you guys aren't familiar with planes, it can be, it's it's kind of confusing at first, especially like when you hear four plane and like a number six is a four plane can be confusing. But uh, the four is F O R. Before, but there is also an F O U R plane. Yes. What's that? <laughs> the name comes before because it was the first plane used. It was the plane you used before all other planes. Yeah, but uh, a number four plane is, yeah. is not a four plane. <laughs> See, it's usually usually a smoothing plane. So you have, uh, you kind of have a well for those unfamiliar. James, this is like this is James' wheelhouse. Like if you had to talk about from start to finish hand planing, like you start out with a four plane, you usually move to. Well, go ahead. Well, James. it depends on what you're doing. But if you're flattening a first uh, surface, you use a four plane or a scrub plane to rough down flat. Then you use something longer, like a seven or an eight, to actually flatten it out. Then you come back in with a very small plane, a four or a three or sometimes a two, to smooth it out. Um, And so each one has a slightly different step in there. So I always heard that four plane was because it was a number six and it was a little bit smaller than the number seven. And so it would be the foreman on the job and he would bring his number six because it would fit in his toolbox to substitute for his number seven that he would leave in his workshop. This is like uh, woodworking <laughs> mythology. Well, the, the term four <laughs> plane is actually a very old one um, and goes uh, back before the Bailey pattern to uh, wooden pla- wooden planes. Yeah. yeah, something about Odin and a hammer. Yeah. That, exactly. Well, if you want to get into that, yeah. actually, uh, the, uh, the Norse woodworking <laughs> tradition is that if uh, if you couldn't make it with a hatchet or axe, then you weren't a woodmaker, woodworker. And so they did all of their surface planing with an axe or hatchet. They did all of their woodworking, chisel working with, with axes and hatchets. I've, I've it's seen really that. cool. It's, like, it's a lot of skill, though. I mean, it, it is cool. Like seeing people like pretty much pair wood with like a giant bearded axe yeah. is kind of kind of a uh, kind of badass. <laughs> For lack of a, I'm actually lack trying of a, to build a, a collection of them so that I can do a few videos of that and, and uh, learn the skill. Because you can get a, a mortising, at, a mortising axe that is basically like a chisel at 90 degrees to a handle. And you can cut mortises with that. Whoa. What's that? Is it rounded? Is it like no. rounded like an no, it, it's, axe it's, head? Well, it? It, it, it's slightly rounded, but not enough. So you can cut like a two to three inch deep uh, by one inch wide mortise. A mortising yes. axe. That sounds so that, cool. Yes. And, and terrible to, be, to use. Yeah. Cool. I feel like uh, <laughs> like an axe an axe is one of those tools that just like I feel like every man <laughs> need to have a wall needs of an axe. Even if you never use it, like you just feel like you just feel like a, a more powerful creature if you own an axe. So. <laughs> Well, I've been uh, having a crazy right, week. So that's a good segue. What are you working on? Um, I have been, well, <laughs> I, the the month of November, I'm upgrading, uh, upgrading. I'm, I'm going to uh, one video every day for the entire month. Uh, and so that means a ton of little build projects, uh, a couple of build, big build projects, and a lot of like quick tip videos. Um, but it's been kind of stretching me. So this, then the last week I put out a video on building uh, VR, uh, VR goggles um, completely out of wood. Uh, that was kind of fun because I got to carve in Purple Heart for the, the front face of it. Um, I'm making the lathe, which I'm, I'm doing a good bit on today. Um, I did a drawer sorter for the kitchen. I did a chisel rack. Um, and uh, Oh, I'm actually on another podcast, too. Uh, I, yeah, what? it's actually a running podcast dun, dun, dun. Um, called Becoming Ultra. Uh, so I am... Host, hosted yes. by Johnny Brook. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so a sad. it's a, um, a, a another uh, trainer he trains ultra distance running um, but he takes people and then um, has a, a six-month training plan program so i'm working with him to do that but part of it is um, every week to three weeks i get on a, a podcast with him and actually document the whole training process um, so as i'm planning on doing a 50 mile race in april so that should be a fun one so 
Yeah, and then on top of that, we have the kitchen remodel, um, and I'm wrapping that up now. So that's actually that's actually coming in through pretty well. So it's it's been a a busy a busy week. (laughs) So how does like I can't imagine because I struggle I struggle really hard to get two videos out a month and getting one a day. Like, what's your like? How do you how's your workflow work like that? Do you are you like putting a like how many hours do you spend? preparing filming editing like how well it depends video to video day? some of the uh, i'm filling some of the days with a couple quick tip videos so like three days a week i'm gonna be doing one that's just as i'm working at a project i'll notice something that i'm doing like i'm stripping uh finish off of a board well let me take a moment and shoot a clip about how do i strip finish off a board and i'll put that up so it may only take me mm-hmm. like 15 minutes to, to to shoot um and but that's part of the process of another build and then editing on something quick like that, where I it's see. like two clips that I'm editing together. I'm not doing any, you know, detailed editing. I'm not putting a lot of music into it. It, it really yeah. only takes, you know, 10, 15 minutes, to edit it and a half an hour or so to upload and get that ready. So really a, a video like that mm-hmm. only takes an hour, hour and a half to produce and put up. But then I am working on some of the bigger things like the lathe where I break it up into segments. And so those I may have like two or three days a week that I schedule. Absolutely nothing happens in my life except for I'm working in the shop on the lathe um, and then work around yeah. that. But then a lot of other little quick tips. You know, so I'm trying to do two to three days a week on a big project, um, two days a week on a couple smaller projects that I can bang out one or two of those a day. And then two days a week, where I'm just doing editing and uploading. And so I like upload four or five videos, four or five days in advance and schedule them all to come out. I see. Yeah. When do you run? So... Whenever. <laughs> <laughs> and you have kids, right? Yeah. And I'm a, a stay at home dad kids. with three kids. So, and then remodeling, like yesterday I took the entire day and installed 20 can lights throughout the ceiling. Uh, so I spent the whole day in the attic installing Holy those. So yeah, life is, life is fun. That's crazy. Life is is fun. Yeah. I feel like Zach and I, you know, Oh, our lives are crazy right now. And then you got James who just does it. I don't think he sleeps ever. Actually on top of that, I was looking (laughs) at my, my calendar and I've been averaging eight and a half hours of sleep a night. So um, yeah, life is really good. That's more than I get. And I have no excuses. I was, it's funny. I was thinking about like, so Again, if you guys follow my Instagram and my live stories, about a week ago, my wife and I went to this uh, like symphony and came back and I had, I don't have it next to me. Um, So you can see this, this is the little leather journal. I have a sunglasses case that I made that's probably half a sheet of papers worth of four ounce leather. And uh, we came back and I found a piece that was maybe three inches long by half an inch wide. And I wondered what happened to the rest (laughs) of it. And after searching, we came to the conclusion that my dog ate it. And um, yeah, so it was like 11 o'clock. We had to take him to the pet emergency and they gave him some sort of drug. And he threw up leather like it was insane. And they're like huge pieces. I don't even know how he swallowed them. So that was a... I don't remember what got me on this story. I, I had some sort of segue, but uh, yeah, there's there it is. Cool. Well, we have a few. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Okay, I got it. I got. It. I remember it, that that always happens. Um, yeah, we were just talking about how how crazy life is, and my wife and I were like, oh my god, like we are. We don't know how. I mean, we're having it. We're struggling with like two dogs. I can't imagine how families like how I, I just couldn't imagine having children. <laughs> I don't know how anybody does that. Like it's hard. Is, your is your first kid is absolutely crazy because it changes your life. Your second kid, it's it's a change, but not quite as much. But then the third kid, you think everything's going to be great because you've done this before two other times. The third kid blows your whole world out because suddenly everything's designed <laughs> for four people. And then you have to add a third one. So you, you really can't do a car. You have to get a minivan. You, 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 and getting a, getting an SUV with a third row is a pain because you have to still buckle the kids in. So you can't reach over the road to get to them. Then like the stroller, you can easily get a two seat stroller, but a three seat stroller is a pain to find. Uh, sorry, you got me on another topic. <laughs> yeah, no, that's crazy. I mean, you, like how can, I could see maybe like 
one child per adult. But yeah, yeah. And then you, know, you don't have three hands. So you're going into like, a store and it's you. How do you, you know, keep track of three kids? Mm-mm. So it's a, it's a fun, fun yeah. challenge. No way, man. Not going to do it. <laughs> uh, we should, uh, seems like, we're yeah, we've actually got uh, the, quite a few in the chat. Why do you say we, we jump should. into those? Uh, first up, Absolutely. we have yeah. one from Yan 10, 24. I'm, I think Johnny mastered the name last week, but I he left. Eon, is it Jonathan? Jonathan maybe. Jonathan? Jonathan. Sorry. <laughs> 20, 24, yeah, 24. I get that one. Uh, do you have any experience yeah. using uh, expanding or adjustable spade auger bits? Um, it requires so much torque, even with my uh, 44 millimeter drill, I can barely twist in beach. Can you actually get uh, so much torque with the brace? Um, and honestly, with like beach and some of the hardwoods, no. Um, you can get a brace with a much longer arm, in which case you can you can put in that torque. Um, I have one brace that has a, uh, the arm is out a full foot, so you have a two foot throw on it. And with that one, I probably could, but in beach, I don't know if I want to do that. Um, in beach, I'd probably actually end up carving the hole. Um, so I would get a, uh, um, I would get a, a gouge and, and literally carve the hole. So I would drill a smaller hole, like a three quarter inch hole, and then enlarge it with, with a, with a gouge. You guys have any say on that? I, I have no experience in that. My experience would be using a, uh, some sort of either Forstner bit on a drill press that, uh, that makes it really easy. But, uh, yeah, if you're using a brace, I have no idea. I'm glad we have James as a part of this. Cause I have the, no the other reason. thing I have done is using a hole saw in the brace, um, because you're, you're only cutting a little bit that you don't need as much torque. seems like it'd be really hard. Like once you get like maybe an eighth of an inch into the wood or a quarter inch. It seems like it would be really, seems like you would have to hold it exactly uh, perpendicular. Otherwise it would bind it, up. It bounces it a little like bit side to side, but not too much. Um, it, it actually goes really well because I've I drilled out the holes on my chops with that. And so that was through, uh, well, through the leg um, was four inches deep. So I, I cut down about two inches and then used a chisel to break out that piece and then cut another two inches into it to go all the way through. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, that's another thing like having kids. I don't know how you guys manage without a drill press. (laughs) So we got another question from, I love my drill. Yes. You know, honestly, I I thought when I I got my, uh, my beam, um, uh, my, my post drill, which is basically a drill press, you mount to a beam and you, you, you can crank it. Yeah. Well, even that, just just being able to assure a ninety degree hole. You know, is I thought I would use that a lot, and I thought that you know it, it would kind of take the place of a drill press, but I rarely, rarely use it. Um, I only use it when I'm drilling through metal, and I want to put more torque on. I want to put more pressure on it um, because you know drilling a ninety degree hole or a, a level hole uh, really is not hard at all with a brace. Um, with a, with a yeah, I mean, even even mechanically accurate. 90 degree is, is very, very simple. Yeah. Not for me. <laughs> well, actually that was one of the videos this week <laughs> I put out was um, a couple tips with that is if you're, if you're drilling with the brace in your gut um, horizontal to the horizontal, you can put a ring on the shank and the ring lets you know um, if you're too low or too high and you can actually get within, you know, a percentage of a, de- of a degree accuracy. That's crazy. But uh, yeah. Glad, glad that's uh, somebody else's problem. (laughs) Or you could get, just get a power tool and a drill has a level on it and drill your hole. Yeah. When, uh, when I was timber framing my house, um, you know, it's, you're working with these, you know, 18 foot long timbers that you have to essentially draw bore the mortise with Mm -hmm. big honking pegs. And uh, my buddy that was, who's actually a timber smither, um, is that what they're is called? Timbersmith. Tim- Timbersmith? Oh. <laughs> Timbersmith. Or that uh, sounds dude like with a axe. Yeah. Um, he, he made a little jig he called the perpendiculator uh, for <laughs> drilling holes with a power drill uh, and auger bit. <laughs> work, hmm. work, it, was, it was pretty efficient. 
I just I just like I'm still hung up on Timbersmither. It sounds like something you'd say like it sounds like an Timbersmither. Yeah, it's the guy with like the big timber slicks that you know make the post and beam homes. I get it. It just it just like sounds like the vernacular just sounds mean. Uh, <laughs> what would you call it? a tim- timber right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I do not know. But I, I believe that is the preferred nomenclature for fellows that do that sort of work. Timbersmith. Oh, I like it. Well, we got another question from uh, Kurt Ziegler. Um, do you guys start building brands? Uh, your names uh, with separate... Start building brands, names, separate accounts, uh, detailed website, uh, even before you became... Or even before this became an official business? Um, yes, always. Okay. <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> Uh, just with my background, having two businesses, being a photographer and a woodworker, um, and studying the business of social media, be kind of being your brand, being somebody that wants, being somebody that your customers are going to want you for your brand instead of, yeah, I can do that, but like do it the Will Walker way, um, kind of having an, an aesthetic and, and turning jobs down that I don't necessarily want to do because they're outside of my aesthetic um, really, really makes me happy. So when the business does come, you already have your kind of brand identity. Uh, so that's, that's my answer. Yes. Always. <laughs> I see. I, mine was different. Cause I didn't know what I was doing. I just like mine, <laughs> not that it's inorganic to do it a different way, but mine came about as, as more of a necessity. It was something that I was already building stuff and it was just kind of an organic, like, well, what's going to help me promote this? What's going to help me do this in hindsight, if I had the, uh, you know, if I had the, the foresight to actually start creating a brand and doing all of this, I certainly, that's the, that's the way to go. I mean, but I think you have to have both yeah. at the same time, but the more, the more pre thought that goes into it, the, the better off you're going to be. Um, cause I mean, if you have a brand, but you don't have any content, then, you know, there's, they're kind of a, a symbiotic relationship between, you know, your brand and your product. So I think you really have to have both. Yeah, mine was, um, mine was kind of different because I, I kind of accidentally became a business um, because it was, it was a hobby for me that I really enjoyed. And then suddenly people wanted to see more of it. And so it was kind of a, it wasn't something I was expecting. So I, I had the, the videos going and all that running. And then I had to find all the other business accounts and things like that to fit it. Uh, whereas in the past on several other businesses, I've done it um, completely with, you know, making everything right, setting up the accounts, getting the logos, that type of thing, and then launching the business. Um, so I guess it depends on, you know, if, if you want it to be a business, if you're planning you know, quitting your job and, and becoming an entrepreneur, um, being able to do the, 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 the footwork ahead of time is very, very valuable. Um, being able to to think through it before you actually jump off the bridge. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the, I mean, if you're starting out, I mean, I guess if I could like go back in time and tell myself something, and fortunately I did, um, I think I've actually been, and it's, it's going to come up later when we're talking about what we've been reading and stuff. And, and, uh, but just branding is huge. And I feel like not necessarily just in the sense of like, what you think of when yeah. you conventionally think of branding, but um, what you represent as a maker, like the associations people have with you and with your logo. So I think one of the thing that's really, really important, if you're, if you're going to do this, get a good logo. Like if, if, unless you are, a, you know, unless you're a, a graphic designer, it's probably worth your time and your money to hire somebody to come up with your logo. Um, you know, it, sticker swaps are huge in this community. I, I have, I have, it's across the room where I'd show it, but I have essentially a box that has hundreds of people's stickers and logos. And a lot of them are good, but a lot of them are too complicated. There's too many words. There's too many yeah. logos. There's too many. It's, it's just, it's something that it has too much information on it and you don't need all of that. You know, uh, what you want is, imagine a wall of a hundred stickers. How is yours going to stand out? Like, what are you going to do to make it memorable? And you want it to look good up close and you want it to look good from, you know, a couple feet away. So I think that's something that's, that, uh, 
I feel like I wish more people in the community would take the time and money to really develop a logo, you know, an image that, that they feel represents them and looks really good. So that's, that's one of my tips, I guess. Ready for the next question? Sure. And uh, rereading the question, uh, I don't even know if Kurt is specifically talking about YouTube or just woodworking in general, just having a brand mm-hmm. and selling pieces. Um, but to go along with what Zach said about um, a great logo, uh, you be the brand that you would yes. want to buy from. So one of my f- absolutely favorite companies, uh, it's located here in Charlottesville, Virginia, is called Blanc Creatives. And uh, it's this guy, Corey Blanc, that now has a whole team of people. Uh, and he's got this awesome, awesome uh, forge and welding shop, metal fabrication shop. Uh, and he makes carbon steel, these beautiful, beautiful carbon steel cookware. Um, so saucepans, pans, uh, they do a lot of handwork. Uh, they also make them in copper. And his website is just absolutely gorgeous. He's been featured in Garden and Gun Magazine, Southern Living. There's a magazine the, called know, Garden big... and Gun Magazine. Yes. Yes, there is. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so he, I really admire his business and he doesn't do any uh, video production. He doesn't do anything on YouTube. It's pretty much all uh, Instagram and trade shows and getting in magazines, but his work is insane, but he photographs it really well too. And when he started the business, I mean, it was just like there, like he, everything was there. Like he started making things, building the brand before he launched the business and website. And yeah, that's be the brand that you would want to buy from. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, to quote, uh, to quote Johnny Brooke, who quotes somebody else, but I'm going to quote him. Uh, he always says that your, your logo or your brand should look good on a chain, like on a necklace. And I think that's, it's yeah. pretty funny, but I mean, he said it enough times it really stuck with me and it's, it makes sense. I mean, if it doesn't look good, I mean, not that you'd actually wear it, you know, like a clock around your neck or something, but like, it, it should look good on a necklace. And that's so I was always told if, it, if a five-year-old can duplicate it and you still can recognize it, then it's a good logo. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you say Great. we jump into the uh, joke of the week? Uh, yes. Well, uh, Jeff Gruff from the, uh, the, the chat this week brought up one just a bit ago, and I rather enjoyed it. Um, what happened to the wooden car with wooden wheels and all the engine was wooden? It wouldn't go. <laughs> but a That's so bad. <laughs> that is so bad. I love it. That's what we're going for, though. If you guys, yeah, send us your jokes. We have a. We actually have two but... others that are in the queue. But I thought I'd bump that one up. That's awesome. We'll save oh, yeah. them because we don't we don't get a lot of them. And uh, the the more cringy the jokes, <laughs> the more, the more I like them. Yes, I want them. To if be it's awful. a joke that, that I would put at the awful. beginning of one of my videos, <laughs> good. <laughs> Uh, hey could i answer a question from jackman works from paul jackman absolutely yeah uh he's asking when he can come over and play with my wood (laughs) uh uh, if you guys don't know paul jackman of jackman works he recently moved to washington dc which is uh, about two hours north of me here in charlottesville virginia and uh paul you can come over Anytime. Do, does anybody want to see a Jackman Works William Walker Company oh, yeah. collaboration video? Absolutely. My question is, is it going to be softwood or hardwood? <laughs> well, you know me. It's always hardwood. <laughs> that's, that's, that's good. Okay. <laughs> oh. Uh, so okay. Let's, let's right. move Moving into right what along. we're reading right. and watching. Uh, yeah, Will, why don't you kick this off? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what am I reading and watching? Um, right now, so I'm stuck in my office a lot editing photos, so I've been binge-watching Californication, um, which is a totally guilty pleasure. It's a terrible... It's good. It's based on a terrible, terrible man, but... Uh, he's very but he's charismatic, likable. though. He is very charismatic and just makes terrible decisions, And he, but you still root for him. Yeah. Um, and I'm also rereading... Uh, Good Clean Fun by Nick Offerman, um, which is a, a great read if anybody – it's a great inspirational read. Um, a lot of cool projects. 
makes me want to get back in the shop, which is always love good. that book. I haven't read that yet. It's on my list. Yeah. Well, I've been uh, watching uh, Chop with Chris. He's a channel I've been following for a while. Um, hand tool guy. He does not as much like hand tool fine woodworking. He does more chopping. He he's the guy who works with an axe and makes furniture with yeah. little more than an axe and a, a splitting wedge. Um, really, really cool videos. And he does a lot of different things. He does um, stop motion carving and things like that, that are just really, really kind of cool. So definitely check out Chopper Chris. Um, let's see mine. I have a restless dog. This. <laughs> this is the one that ate the wallet. His name's Rico. Um, let's see here. So I'm reading a couple. Uh-oh. Time out. There you go. Okay. Um, so I'm reading a couple of books right now. Um, one of them is called The Design of Everyday Things by Don Norman. And it's not, it's, it's still an interesting read. Um, it's, it's a little bit more, I feel like it's a little bit more catered to, I mean, it's about design, obviously, but it's more catered to uh, a lot of psychology and like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like in the intuitive nature. And it talks about what makes for a good design versus a bad design. You know, like essentially the premise of the book is like by looking at, for example, like a door, you should know intuitively whether it should be pushed or pulled and which side to be pushed or pulled. And, and, you know, if you have a handle that kind of tells you like, okay, you pull on it. If you have a bar, you push on it. And he talks about bad designs. And one of the, one of the funniest ones is just stove designs. And he shows like layouts for which controls or which burners and how no stove company has the same layout as other ones. And some of them are terrible. And it's kind of an interesting book. Um, But like I said, it's more, more rooted on uh, psychology than I kind of expected, but it's, it's still a a decent read. But the one that I'm reading right now that, that uh, I have a link to, it's called you are your brand. And I can't remember the author. It's really small. Like it's, I actually, I ordered it and I was excited and then I got it and it's really small and like 30 to 40% of it is like the, it asks you a question and you fill it out. So I thought, I don't know if you guys watch family guy, but like it reminded me of the episode where Brian talked about how he could write a successful book and it'd just be a piece of crap. And he did. That's what I thought when I got the book, but it's actually really good. If you work through the workbook, it's pretty much about building your brand. And like I was talking about earlier, what, what kind of associations people have with your, your logo. And, you know, it's kind of the, building on the, the sell the sizzle, not the steak idea. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's a good, it's a good read. It's cheap and short. So if, if that's something that you guys are thinking about, uh, I, I recommend Sweet. it. So, well, Zach, why don't you kick yeah. us off with uh, favorite tool of the week? Yeah. So when I was at, uh, Fabtech this week, um, I've actually had, a, a Lincoln electric square wave TIG welder that I have not taken out of the box mostly due to the fact that I'm limited on shop space and most of my projects, I'm, I'm kind of trying to get them done quickly. So I typically rely on a MIG welder cause it's, it's quick. And you know, if you want to grind the welds down, it's, it works really great for that. Um, however, I've wanted to do some, some, uh, aluminum and stainless mm-hmm. steel. And, uh, it's been about, 10, 12 years since I picked up a TIG welder and actually used it. So when I was at the Lincoln booth, um, one of literally one of the world's best welders, uh, I think his name is Andrew Cardin. Anyway, he's on Instagram as the Boston Welda. Let me see. He spells it. He spells it like you would if you're from Boston. So let me see here. Yeah. The Boston W E L D A H. Um, but uh, he walked me through. We we tigged up some some uh, steel and some aluminum, and I kind of got my groove back a little bit. So uh, it's a really uh, tig welders have come such a long ways mm. since when I learned. I mean, you used to have to change the tips out for you know if you're doing um, steel versus uh, aluminum and the the square wave with the square wave just changes everything. Incredible, it does. I mean, like it's I. I when I learned, like I said, it was way more of a process to switch between metals and, uh, they've really come a long way. So it's, I'm, I'm going to hopefully be using that. Have you tried uh, welding together aluminum cans? 
No, no. I'm aluminum right now, like just welding two chunks of aluminum is, 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 uh, I need to do some more of that before I work on, you know, cans and razor blades. That was always my, uh, my final, uh, TIG test for my students was welding together end to end aluminum cans, getting a, yeah, a getting an even bead all the way around the can. Happen. Nope. It's actually easier than, than you think as, as long as you have, the, as long as you have the settings, right. It, it goes pretty well. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> so Will, yeah. what you got? I see a spool gun in my future <laughs> instead of a TIG welder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite tool right now is, uh, it's a shop Fox quick release bench vice. It's a nine inch bench vice. Um, I'm actually giving one away uh, when I hit a certain subscriber milestone on my channel. Um, but I just replaced, it was a smaller Irwin vice and I replaced it with a shop Fox nine inch vice quick release. Um, and it's just awesome. The quick Cheer release. Oh, you're right, <laughs> uh, it's awesome having the quick release. Um, it just makes everything go super fast, especially if you're working on different size pieces of yeah. wood. But, uh, yeah, it's actually going to go on my Rubo bench once I finish that. A lot of guys <laughs> ask me when I'm going to finish that. Uh, but when I finished the top, I got super swamped with everything else and some commissions. And I always put commissions before personal projects. So it's still sitting on my shop floor waiting yeah, for a Quick base. release vice just changes yeah, everything with woodworking. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things you don't realize how much fun it is until you, until you play with it. And then you go back to a regular screw vice and it's like, oh man, this is forever. This takes like a whole 10 seconds you longer. <laughs> you mentioned uh, personal projects not taking precedence. And if you guys have watched this podcast from a year ago, you see that slab in the background? That has been there for almost two years. And it's the only personal project I've had. And it's still, still in the corner <laughs> of my room. So who knows? Well, for me, my tool of the week is a draw knife. Um, Simple tool, but uh, so much fun. Uh, it's like a spoke shave on steroids. Take off serious amounts of material. And uh, the, the only problem with it is that you have to be careful not to take off too much because it is so much fun to play with. But yeah, draw a knife, definitely worth having. That's right. my favorite tool for debarking yes. Live Edge Labs. Cool. I think that about does it for this week. I do want to say a huge thank you to the patrons on Patreon. Uh, we just added a $250 goal and uh, looking forward to hitting that. I do want to say thank you to Make, Build, Modify, Master of None, and Debbie Brook, our top patrons of the week. And So thank you for that. We are looking forward to what we have in the future. Absolutely. Also, I do want to say we are going to be changing the podcast name. Uh, so soon you're going to be seeing a Crafted Podcast, a.k.a. The crafting, uh, the what was the name? Creators, Creators collective. collective. I want to say crafted collective. That that's what we're leaning towards right now. So we're we're gonna make the quick, pretty, uh, pretty make the change pretty quick. So uh, that's definitely what we're leaning towards. If you guys have any suggestions, feel free to shoot them our way. Uh, I'd love. So to we'll be them. doing the new um, Instagram and Twitter and uh, website, but for the moment, it is still crafted podcast. So um, definitely uh, keep an eye open for that. Yeah, and we should hopefully once we get that figured out, we have we have a little money from our Patreon supporters. We're actually finally going to get into the the merch world and make some shirts. So stay tuned for that. Also, we're we're really close to hitting our goal for having a uh, weekend uh, show. So a little insider show for the, our, our Patreon supportive supporters. Oh so, yeah, yeah. So I think it'll about do it for this week. And until next time, see ya. Take care. <laughs>